to Architecting. I'm your host, Angela Mazzi. You made it. This is the landing pad for raw honesty about connecting your career with your purpose. I'm going to give you the tools you need to be an unapologetic advocate for yourself and others, because if you're here, you believe that the space we surround ourselves in matters and you're committed to project by project building a better world for all of us. If you're with me, let's get architecting. Hey, Bright Lights, it's Angela and welcome, welcome, welcome to Architecting. So I am so excited to dive into today's topic because... I've been doing some learning around codependency, aka people-pleasing, that really has led me to have an epiphany, not only in my own life, but about the state of our profession, the toxicity that exists because of institutionalized codependency. We're talking about points of failure. And as we know, when we test materials that we're gonna be using in our projects, manufacturers, contractors test to a point of failure, meaning they apply stress, pressure, wear until the material fails. And the thing is, no matter how successfully the material performs, the test just keeps going on, applying more stress, more pressure. And that's the point of that. But I think it is such a great analogy for the way we overperform. And not just as individuals, as firms, as a profession, we push ourselves to the point of failure because even if we are great at what we do, even if we have amazing talent or a reputation in the industry, even if we are incredibly efficient, high performers, what happens as we expand our capacity? More stuff keeps coming and we reach a point of failure. Now, this isn't totally new topic for me, but after having two amazing weeks on vacation and then coming back and getting this nasty sinus infection that I'm still working on, getting attacked by mosquitoes, which has just triggered my allergies into overdrive and having the last two weeks back to work, be days filled with back-to-back meetings, days starting before my work day starts, chaotic things going on. I finally had a real moment of reckoning. My good friend and teacher, Megan Mazzocco, has been throwing up red flags for a while now and saying she's very concerned about how I'm doing. But I had an experience with a coach that I'm working with who really called me out on Tuesday and was like, you haven't even eaten lunch today. This is not okay. This is not healthy. You need to change and change now. And I want to hear about how you're doing 
and what radical way you have made some adjustments and reconstructions in your life in the next two months. And she really challenged me. At first, I felt really uncomfortable because yeah, 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 everything she was saying, 100%. And I don't think any of us would argue that this isn't sustainable and it isn't healthy. But why do we do it? When we know better, we know better. We do it because of the codependency. I know the first time I was introduced to this term, I was dealing with a failing marriage with a very manipulative person who had addiction and behavioral health issues. And I utterly rejected it because I viewed myself as incredibly strong, resilient, and independent. But the thing is, you can be all of those things and still be codependent. Codependency doesn't mean that you're not self-sufficient. It doesn't mean that you're helpless like we often think it does. It actually means that we are tying our worth to what other people think of us and we're constantly seeking external validation, which as we all know, just runs rampant in our profession. So I wanted to talk a little bit today about what some of those traits are because you're going to be really, really surprised at what is considered codependent. The need to control is a sign of codependency because we feel the need for things to go a certain way and have a certain outcome or else. And we never really stop to explore what or else really means. We catastrophize failure of any sort. And some of the things we count as failure is really not failure. It's just not meeting someone else's expectations. And yes, there is a difference. If you find yourself needing to control all of the time and not feeling comfortable if something doesn't appear to be going to plan, that is a major sign of codependency. Perfectionism, another big sign, because when we want external validation, we never think we're good enough. We never think anything we accomplished is a stopping point or even sometimes a means for celebration. We go through heroics to achieve or accomplish the impossible. And then we just go, next. We don't take that break. We don't celebrate. We don't ground in. We don't appreciate the efforts of ourselves and others for what we did. And that is a hallmark of perfectionism. And it shows up lots of ways, over-iterating, over-performing. So it's not just that inability to savor the win because you always think you could have done better or you're always worried about what isn't getting done. But it's also that lack of willingness to say, 
I worked on this. I came up with a solution. We're going with it. Yeah, you could always have done a million other things, but you did this thing. Trust the choices you made. Trust the process. Don't over-iterate. Don't over-perform. Another way perfectionism shows up is the way that we are so willing to just utterly self-abandon when it comes to time management. No one, and I do mean no one, should have a meeting before 9 a.m. And the reasons that we are given why we have to meet outside of working hours or over lunch, we don't challenge because we are so concerned with accommodating our clients. We never think about the fact we are providing professional services and they need to accommodate us. As an architect, we are highly educated, licensed professionals. There is no other career that can claim that they have more rigor or more standards or more qualifications or continuing education, right? We are right up there with doctors and lawyers and accountants. So why would we feel that we would ever need to meet with a client outside of a normal working day? Good luck trying to schedule a doctor's appointment at 7 p.m. I want to know the lawyer that will meet with you over your lunch break. It's not going to happen because these are professionals. And I'm not saying that we have to work a prescriptive set of hours. I'm saying that we need to work the hours that work for us. If you would rather shift your day and work a few hours into the evening but start later, or if you would rather take a Monday off but work a Saturday, that's fine. But it's when our boundaries get violated and we feel pressure to say yes that there's a problem. Another sign that there's a problem is our willingness to rearrange our lives to accommodate others. And I had this experience just this week where there is a standing meeting on my calendar and I was invited to a client meeting at the same time, which I declined because I was not available. And somehow that didn't get communicated back And there was an expectation I was going to be there. So while I was in my standing meeting, I'm getting texts. And I have to admit, I have to share this because I think through our vulnerability, we find our strengths. My first inclination was to go, oh my God, I should not be in this standing meeting because this is a personal thing. I should just get off this call and I should just hop on this other call even though I didn't prepare, and oh my God, when I turned the meeting down, it went off my calendar and I've been so busy. I didn't prepare anything and I should have. I went right into that anger, guilt, and shame spiral. And I had to stop myself and I had to say, it is not your responsibility to accommodate other people. I had every right 
to decline that meeting. And I was not responsible for tracking that. If it was important that I be there, they should have rescheduled. And if there was a mix-up, whatever, I'm not the one that needs to be apologizing. If there is an apology to be made, it's on the part of the project manager for failing to see that. It really was eye-opening to me how quickly my decision to take a stand for my right to have scheduled this other meeting and to have scheduled it in advance so my calendar was not available, how quickly I was to feel guilty to feel shame. And this is the sign of codependency, right? We feel like we've disappointed someone, but boy, we don't hesitate to disappoint ourselves. We don't hesitate to say, this time was for me, but I will sacrifice it. I'm not going to go to yoga class tonight because the meeting ran late. I'm not going to do my morning routine because there were a meeting scheduled. And we need to stop this. These are the points of failure. It's like death by a thousand paper cuts because it doesn't seem that bad. If you can't meet any other time and it's going to be more of a headache afterward if I don't just get this meeting scheduled and over. But is that really true? It's the lie that we tell ourselves. If we were to say that we really were not available, trust me, it would still work out. And that is the third really big sign of codependency. When we lose touch with ourselves, our needs, our desires, because we've been so hyper-focused on other people and what we need to do to serve them. And this can include having a hard time recognizing and expressing your own emotions. You smile, you nod your head, you say yes when you mean no. All the while, you are stuffing down anger and frustration. This is causing incredible harm in your body because your body does not know the difference between being chased by a tiger and feeling threatened because you can't do what you really want to do. The emotional response triggers the fight or flight sympathetic nervous system both times, both ways. But what's different is if we actually had to fight off a physical threat, which is what the sympathetic nervous system is designed to do, we would burn off those stress hormones when it was over. Instead, the stress is chronic and does not have a physical outlet. So toxins are building up in our body Our brain is getting rewired. We are becoming hypervigilant all the time because we're not taking a stand for our own well-being and our own survival. When it does come out, when it does get triggered, it can be ugly and explosive. Or we can get pushed to an edge where we reach that point of failure 
and we quit or we become depressed or we have clinical anxiety or we need to take a sabbatical or we change jobs hoping it will help and it doesn't. If you find yourself suppressing your emotions and avoiding conflict and engaging in passive aggressive behavior because it feels easier in the moment to say what the person wants to hear than to say what is true for you. That is another sign of codependency. Finally, codependency can be held in the way that you mirror other people. Mirroring is a natural tendency we have as human beings to emulate the behavior or emotional state of other people. But when we're codependent, we never initiate the mirroring. Instead, we're always suppressing and holding ourselves back, watching for the clues and cues from others, and then putting on the face that we think they're going to respond to best. Codependency is really rooted in a fear of rejection or abandonment. If we look at how is a company, a firm culture codependent, well, it's the lack-based thinking that we have to keep the client happy no matter what. Or if we don't win this job, what will we do? So rather than having standards and boundaries and enforcing them, so that our clients will respect us and will seek us out for who we truly are. We twist ourselves in pretzels to be who we think they want, and they don't ever appreciate or respect that. And what's worse when it's the culture of a firm is that that kind of behavior, that kind of cultural codependency, impacts every single person that works there. It feeds into personal codependency such that we tell ourselves we can only be successful if we work really, really hard. And we brag about how hard we work, how busy we are, like it's a badge of honor when it is not. It is toxic, harming behavior. And we really need to stop pushing ourselves past that point of failure. If you are hearing this and saying, oh my God, a light bulb just went off. This is me. This is my company culture. And I just never realized what this was. I never saw it for what it was. What can you do to change it? Well, it starts with small acts of self-appreciation. So sitting down, knowing what you really want, getting in touch with what success would look like for you. Then it goes to having the boundaries, having the courage to share what you want and you need, and to realize that if your needs and your career goals don't work for the company, then maybe you shouldn't work for the company either. Being willing to walk away if your needs aren't met releases all of the anger, guilt, and shame that might otherwise arise as you try to express your needs. You just have to say, these 
are things I've realized I want and need from this job. How can we figure this out? How can we solve it? Means having the courage, if you are the client liaison, to set boundaries about what you will and will not do and to stop overperforming. And it means having the courage, if you're that staff member, to turn down a meeting that's at a time that isn't your working hours, to say that you will not work overtime, to ask for help, which again, hallmark of codependency because of the perfectionism, fear of being vulnerable and asking for help. But we need to overcome that if we are going to stop being in a state of constantly pushing ourselves to the point of failure. And I'm opening up some private coaching sessions. If you are interested in working one-on-one with me on identifying where your points of failure are and getting clarity on your needs, wants, and desires and how to express that. So instead of being exhausted, stressed out, burned out, you will have the opportunity to have success on your terms, doing the work you love and nothing else. So take care for now. Rate, review, refer. The more people that know about this podcast, the more people can be helped, the more our community can be built. And share your insights with me on Instagram. And tag me at Architecting Podcast. I always love hearing from you, and I so appreciate you being part of this community. Take care. Thank you for listening. You made it all the way to the end of the episode, which means you are committed to making yourself a priority so you can be empowered to do the work you were called to do in the world. How amazing is that? If you would like even more content just like this, please remember to subscribe so you never miss an episode. I would so appreciate it if you left an honest review too. Hey, I want you to know I'm here for you beyond the boundaries of this podcast. You can follow me on social media at Architecting Podcast or visit architectingpodcast.com to download some great free resources. Take care, everyone, and stay inspired.